0: this podcast is sponsored by greening law a personal injury law firm in dallas texas greening law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal
1: are we not the best of some friends already only in media
0: Everyone, and welcome to the podcast that, unlike the team we love and cover, will be successful running a three person system this evening. Taylor, Mark, uh, good to speak to you today. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. Awesome. Just just as synced up as the first take. So uh, just love it. We'll barrel right in. So as as hinted in the intro, we're going to talk a little bit about Dallas's extra time woes and see how much those matter. We're going to start talking trades because why not? We're insane and we're approaching the uh, end of the season. We're going to talk a little bit as well about how things have gone. You know we're hitting hitting the um, hitting the all-star break. So we're going to talk about where the team is right now, where they might be coming out of it. Talk a little bit about the all- stars, who is going, who should go, and and just, Generally celebrate all things. For the most part, celebrate. I mean, we are we are the stargazing podcast, so I'm sure we'll vent and bitch about a, a little bit. But uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good show. And uh, I wanna I wanna lead off with the thing that is vexing me. And of course, Dallas is is right on the back of a pair of overtime losses. And I, I wanted to take a temperature and start with you, Taylor. How much does any of this matter?
2: I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I kind of look at it more as points earned than points lost in a lot of ways. They managed to get points in games where they didn't necessarily look like they should have won them. And I think there is something to be said for losing in a good way, i.e. picking up points. You know, at the same time, like, I don't put a ton of stock into it. Three rounds we is as much of a skill competition as a shootout is, in my opinion. I mean, it's super fun. Don't get me wrong. Love it. Better than whatever used to happen. But at the same time, like I don't put a ton of stock into them losing those because the last time I checked, they still play five-on-five five when it comes to playoff overtime. So that's the only thing I care about.
1: The thing is, this this year, Dallas has enough separation from the wildcard Mendoza line where if, if they lose an overtime point here or there, it's not going to be something that with two games left in the season, we're regretting all of these, uh, all of these single points instead of getting all two.
0: Yeah. I think that's, that is one of the things that, you know, if we're making our pros and cons list, right. One of the things to chalk up in the, it's not a big deal category is, as you mentioned, right. This, this isn't a season where Dallas is scraping by to get into the playoffs. So losing a point here, a point there won't, it's not likely going to manifest in Dallas not making the playoffs counterpoint though it could be the difference between a first round matchup with Calgary and a first round matchup with the Colorado Avalanche so it it's in my opinion it's it's also a little bit you, you don't necessarily just want to hand wave it and say oh they, they it doesn't matter right because it might
1: but it also might not you know so points points are good i mean this is you, yep. you play the entire season, regular season, to accumulate points. And so if you get less than the number of points that you put, could potentially get, and here you have five minutes to go out there and do something special in order to get an extra point, well, why not do it? Why not? Indeed. So, Taylor, why can't they do it?
2: I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I, just
0: to recap the two major pieces of analysis we've given so far points are good <laughs> and we don't know
2: <laughs> i mean i don't know it kind of the feels sponsors like
0: really any- l- looking at their money is well spent right about now
2: <laughs> green law we love you no like i just i i don't know what the answer is i think if i think if the team knew the answer then they would have fixed it by now but it kind of reminds me of Early in the season when they were taking a ton of penalties and then they put concerted effort towards uh, knocking that off and then um, they got better. And so there's nothing saying that they can't. I just think that practice time is really limited um, and definitely has been with the, the schedule that Dallas has had so far this season. Uh, very road heavy. Not a lot of time in between games to get some practices and some reps in. And I do think it's a skill like that in the sense that practice and and reps are good. Um, And so with the limited time they have had to practice, they focused on their five on five and their special teams play. Because in an ideal world, you get to the end of the game and that overtime shouldn't even happen. That's, and that's also
0: the stuff that matters longer term, right? That's the having, yeah. having good five on five play is the, the most important thing that you can do followed by special teams. So there's there is a lot of rational there, there's a reason it it does make sense that it's not necessarily top of the, you know, top of the chart. Now I'm glad you touched on the training because we, we don't want to forget that this has been a, you know, it's certainly not the year Texas froze, but this has been a pretty brutal stretch of play. With like you said, limited practice time, basically an entire month and a little bit on the road without without much of a stop. So this hasn't been a team that's really been able to sit down and work on things. So it, it does make sense that a sort of niche problem might come up and not get solved because they're just it may, <laughs> this just may be one of those like I you know Pete DeBoer is kind of shrugging and he just can't even right now.
1: I, I think if you go into the detail, I think. The problem hasn't necessarily been offensive. What I've noticed, at least more recently, is that defensively, three on three, we're just having a tough time sorting out who's covering who. And you, you throw in a couple a couple bad changes and a lack of possession for for some of these. And all of a sudden, you know, you're giving up shots that are in dangerous areas and and those go in and and other teams are getting a lot more of those than than
2: than the stars are. But again, it's, that's practice time. You yeah. have to practice three-on-three three to get those assignments correctly. And a lot of times it just kind of feels like, let's throw three guys over and see what happens. Like, so, And I'm not saying that that's the wrong way to go about it. I don't know. I'm not a hockey coach. Uh, but I just think that if you're making a priority list and you're saying, what is going to set us up for long-term success, for playoff success, practicing three-on-three three overtime, and Shootouts have to be at the bottom.
1: Yep. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if you're going to talk about practice, if you're going to do that, then then let's take uh, let's take Foxa and Kiviranta and Lindell and throw them over the boards and and play five minutes and get into the shootout.
0: I mean, that's not where I would want to throw Foxa uh, and really Kiviranta at the moment as well.
1: But. Well, no, I, I I agree. But if <laughs> if you're just saying that if you're just saying that you can't sort things out on the defensive end, let's throw guys out there who know how to sort things out on the defensive end. Play five minutes, don't give up anything, and then go to the shootout where we have Pavelski and we got Sagan and we got a bunch of Robertson, all these great guys who are in the shootout. Let's win it there.
2: Okay, so so, so, so let me Bonas ask. Hang like on. <laughs> Thank you. I was gonna say, <laughs> would you say same thing if Rick Bonus was the one behind the bench? Because I think we saw that theory in practice last year, and a lot of fans were very upset at that that strategy
1: and I'm, we did I'm and we won and, and we, won to to of, we won a lot of we won a lot of three on three games
2: last <laughs> year which got the Dallas Stars where exactly in the
1: playoffs uh out in game seven in the first round okay then yeah Is and, that, and, and like, they didn't and they didn't go to into three on <laughs> three
2: exactly so like I don't know I think it's just to me there's a lot of other things that I guess you could talk about with this team but they've been pretty much kind of rolling along there hasn't been a ton of things to really complain about so this feels kind of nitpicky in the grand scheme in life,
0: well we like picking
1: nits here See, in we, taylor and i are agreeing that we don't like your question let's move on to something else <laughs> I, don't, I don't like your tone All right, then, <laughs> let's
0: move on to something equally positive raise your hand if you know when mason Marchmont last scored a goal uh
1: not this year not this year
0: I was making the joke in the pre-call. The primary assist on his last goal actually went to Brad Richards. Oh no, it was it was Mike Madono, I think. In thought the you pre-call. Said. I just I wanted oh, okay, to go to an okay. even more dated reference.
2: Was uh, it against the Florida Panthers he lost he lost scored?
1: It was against the New Jersey Devils on December. It was 4th. empty net. It was empty net too. Yeah. When was the last time he scored scored with a goaltender in net?
0: Minnesota, probably. Hey, they yeah. lost in a shootout that night. Who would have thought it? You can't escape oh. it. We started there. We're going We're to get back, back to shootouts. I hate it here. Yeah, he has. Uh, he's got, he's got two goals uh, since December. Yeah. Yeah. He's got two goals since December 4th.
2: You know, when I think about Marchment, I think about Joe Pavelski's first year in Dallas and how he kind of struggled to to acclimate, to figure out his, his way. I think, Marchman has a little bit of that. But the other thing that to me is different about streakiness and his scoring is it's not that you have many nights where you don't notice Marchman on yeah. the ice, though. Like he That's is true. doing a lot of really good things that maybe don't show up on a box score, but helps with offense in the sense of he's setting the tone on four checking, he's getting physical, he's sometimes taking really dumb penalties but he's gotten better at that um so kudos to him um but you know like he's doing a lot of things that helps wear down the opposition over the course of a game and to me like and he is still picking up assists uh along the way so it's not that he's been completely scoreless um would you you like
0: do you want me to bum you out (laughs) because <laughs> he's, he's not really he's not really he's thinking some... assists either <laughs> he's had in that same stretch so since december like 1st one two three one two three four five six seven seven assists since december 4th
2: god i was really close it's like i watch this team all the time I know, right you know
0: what you're talking about it's no 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 debating that
1: well, I, I think I think what Taylor's done though here is is at least given me some hope because I I fully agree. I, I think that's a good analogy with the time that it took Pavelski to get to to find his spot with this team, and and, and you're right, Marchman shows up in the game, and I think one of the things that maybe he doesn't get enough credit for is the is what he's lifted off of the back of Jamie Ben, and and he's allowed Ben to kind of not have to be that physical guy and, and and that guy who's going to lead everybody into the fray. Um, and, And he can play more of his 13, 14 minutes a game with some skill and Marchment can be the guy who's going to war. Yeah,
0: and that—that's. I'm glad you're touching on that, right? The there is a value. He he brings that physicality. He's he is a north-south skater. This team, you know, it wins board battles. Like he he does a lot of those things. I will say the concerning thing about Marchman and kind of going back to his profiles, he was kind of your classic late bloom. Like he really hadn't arrived as an NHL player until last, you know, He had that big breakout. You know, 47 points, 18 goals in 54 games last year with the Panthers, which really is the sum total of his offensive production at the NHL level. And so the the only the the caution I think that I feel sometimes, even as I'm because you're right, he pops off the screen, right? But the the fear that I have even as I watch him do lots of little intangible things up and down the ice is he's one of those guys that that until he he kind of establishes consistency, he's gonna have to answer questions about was was last season the outlier? right? You know, was, was it, or is he the guy that had 10 points in 33 games in 2020, 2021? Or was he the guy that had, you know, almost a point a game last year? Right. And, and I think that, that he does have some historical baggage that makes this extended stretch of, you know, lack of production, even though he's doing positive, right. It, it adds a level of worry that, you know, you mentioned Joe Pavelski and he, he was carrying the age thing. Right. And so there were certainly some things, that gave us pause as fans and oh no did we did we pick up a depreciating asset but the flip side was Pavelski had an immense body of work that suggested he might figure it out with Marchment there really isn't that same you can't you can't lean on body of work here
2: I think you just called Mason Marchment Denny Guriano
0: (laughs) I mean they they might be more similar than we would like to admit
1: but but what and maybe maybe this you know, requires a bit of a deep dive because I would say, you know, we need to take a look at what made Mason Marchment successful last year with the with the Florida Panthers because there was something special going on. I mean, he mm-hmm. he was he was pretty close to a point a game guy. His his plus minus, which of course we all hate, was was really really good. Obviously, something good was going on, and what was that? What what was it about his line mates? What was it about the team? What was what positions did he get in that we can utilize yeah. and put him in those similar type situations with the stars?
0: We'll go yell at David and he'll do it. I
1: mean, I think part of it was yeah, Florida. exactly.
0: Florida was a fire wagon last year. For starters, he was playing in a team that was very go-go-go, very offensive, very, um, you know, th- that entire group just shot the lights out that they had um, Barkov was playing at an MVP level. You know, Huberto had had his own immense season. They, they had a pretty healthy stretch out of Ekblad as well. So part of it was he was in an offense that allowed him to sort of thrive as a complementary piece, whereas you know, he's still he he's not the primary facilitator on the stars. That's not what I'm saying. But he is he is higher up the need to score chart on the Dallas stars than he was on the Florida Panthers.
2: I just I just want to bring one thing up in regards to what y'all just said. You should really go back and listen to Pete DeBoer talk about plus minus. <laughs> it's kind of refreshing to hear a, a coach say that stat is basically useless. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah.
2: I love it he's like we have better statistics that tell us more so if we use those we don't really pay attention to plus or minus more or less paraphrasing obviously i just
0: love pete to more and more every time i hear anecdotes there's no there's no quicker way to my heart than not liking plus minus as is that
2: (laughs) well okay so if marchmont isn't giving consistent secondary line scoring there are some rumors that are starting to float out in the universe here, that Dallas is kind of going hard potentially or could be a team that potentially goes hard after Bo Horvat up in Vancouver. And I just want to ask you guys for a forward, well, a center, who is on fire this year. Uh, does definitely know how to find a goal. Would you give up a Wyatt Johnston or a Logan Stankoven or a Thomas Harley for a month and a half and potential deep playoff run for him?
0: So do, for a month and a half potential deep playoff run, categorically, no, absolutely not. However, and then Mark's going to get real mad at me in about a second. So given Dallas's situation, I would take I would also take I would take Harley off the table. Um, I, I would take Wyatt Johnson off the table. Johnston off the table. Apologies. If you let me talk to Horvat about an extension before a trade was done, depending on what he was going to demand to stick around, you could you could talk me into including Stankoven.
2: It just feels like a contract that Dallas can't fit
0: it in the future, and that's that's why it's part of the you know there would have to be you'd have to throw Radic Foxa into the deal, right? Or, or there there would have to be some some piece going back the other way. That that helps make some of the money work, because, hey, what if here's here's a deal? What if it was Dankoven and Ryan Suter for Bo Horvat and, you know, a throw in?
1: Yeah, I don't see Suter waving a no move clause for that. Well, you, you hold somebody hostage or do something, you know, find, yeah.
0: find his favorite dog and move the dog to Vancouver and say, listen, you can go get your dog or you can stay here, buddy.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're you're pretty much talking about or Faxa, uh, maybe maybe uh, maybe a retained salary or maybe a Hudoban. And then, you know, best case scenario, I think you're probably talking to Damiani or a Tufti or something like that. You you just can't do that deal if you're if you're taking one of these core prospects where where Jim Neal has pulled a rabbit out of a hat and and turned this new core away. we had we had the Ben Sagan core now we now we have the the Hintz Haskinen core and the guys that we have coming up here with with Stankoven and and the rest. I mean you just can't decimate that for a guy who's going to be pretty expensive when he comes out of off, off of his contract at the end of the
0: year. Well, and that's why like, I like, I don't think it's likely. And and again, I'm, I'm also of the school of thought. I'd, I'd listen on just about anybody that doesn't, that doesn't mean I'd want to deal. And that doesn't mean I'd make it easy on you, but I'm just thinking like for, For the amount of contorting that Dallas would have to do to fit like a player of the profile of Bo Horvat, right? So he had, you know, he's, he's got 31 goals so far this season. He had 31 last year, 19 the year before 22, 27, 22, 20. He's, he's been a 20 goal scorer since 2016 2017 and yes this year is being fueled he's shooting like 14% 15 or sorry 21 almost 22%. So so this year is is an outlier. He's you know he's he's over he, he it's it's unlikely that a 27-year-old hockey player has suddenly figured out how to beat traditional shooting curves, right? But at the same time, even if he is just a 20 to 30 goal scorer, that would help this team immensely and again given the fact that to get him Dallas would also be unloading something not desirable it would need to be more than like you're not you're not getting bo horvat and some stuff right you're not getting bo horvat and a life preserver for riley damiani so if if you were going to make a deal and it if it if it would clear if it would get you horvat and it would clear something off of the roster for more than just the rest of this season. Again, a guy like Foxa, um, you would have my attention because I think that, that even, you know, sort of your, your best case, you know, your 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 take your best case projection for Stankoven. How much better is that than the player Bo Horvat has been on a bad Vancouver team um, to this point?
2: For me, I like more of the, the long term, while yes, a long playoff run would be lovely and Dallas could probably use the revenues and, you know, the excitement around the team and not to mention the guys in the room really wanting to go after it. You know, I, you can't do anything that's going to hamstring yourselves later down the road. And that that includes getting rid of talent that will be on cost-controlled entry-level deals and. Getting the most out of those guys, and I'm not saying that Dallas's window isn't now. I mean, it feels the West feels pretty winnable this year for yeah. anybody who goes in. But at the same time, like personally, I'd rather see three, four, five seasons of consistently going multiple rounds, potentially hitting, you know, striking fire and getting hot and going all the way, than. Sacrificing something like like a stink oven for just like a short term return. I don't know. I I, yeah. I feel weird about it. But the other thing, hang on. The other thing we haven't touched on is the fact that the owners of the Vancouver Canucks and the owner of the Dallas Stars do not like each other. <laughs> so like so so I feel like if you know if Jim Newell calls up Jim Rutherford over in Vancouver and says, hey, how about Bo? I think the answer is hey, how about your top prospect and two of your first round picks? Yeah. Which Dallas <laughs>
0: doesn't have, by the way. I think Dallas or whatever is.
2: Whatever it is. <laughs>
0: I mean, Sounds it, it has to be 2024, right? They've got in, in this upcoming draft, they've got a second round pick uh, and a fourth, uh, sorry, second round, fourth, fifth, sixth, seven. So they, they don't have the immediate draft capital that a team might want in this situation.
2: And but honestly, I mean the way Vancouver is being operated, I don't know that they have a plan figured out there in the midst of a ten-year rebuild. It feels like so. I mean, at the same time, it, I am not underestimating the power of them to make moves that make no sense. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, the I mean, other thing, the other thing I feel like is everybody keeps throwing in like uh um, as a guy that you know as a throwaway contract or Kurianov as a throwaway contract, but like. The trade value of those guys doesn't feel like it's too high, y'all. No. That doesn't get you uh, the top center, potentially one of the best forwards at the trade deadline to bolster your roster. And then if I look at New Jersey and Boston and Carolina and the Maple Leafs, we're assuming they get out of the first round, um, and the Rangers and – Dallas and Vegas and Seattle and and all of a sudden you're sitting here going there's eight or ten teams that could potentially go after him and make themselves better and go on a deep run yeah no, like what is Dallas really giving me that's any better than what these guys could give me.
0: I think you're you're hitting the nail on the head, and Dallas isn't isn't particularly well positioned to do it at all. And we've we've talked in previous podcasts the the way that the salary cap is set up right now, there's certainly flexibility moving forward, and they're not in in you know they're not Minnesota, and they're not kind of poised to lose guys that they would like to keep, but they're also not a team that's in a position to make a big splash, which is you know why partial you know it's just not really yeah there 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 are going to be better options if you're the Canucks. For sure. I like yeah. where
2: we're at. Well, that's I what mean, we're this, gonna hear.
1: <laughs> this this deal sounds a lot like uh, you know it's 10 o'clock in the evening and somebody says, let's do shots, and you 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 it sounds really good right now, but it, you're gonna regret it later.
2: I don't yeah, know. Like
0: I said, Mark. it just it just comes down to if 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 you know having watched Jim Nil pull some bamboozling contracts out of his magical mustache in the past there there's just like I said I, I wouldn't do it and if I'm Vancouver I think I would insist on Wyatt Johnston being a part of it which would be an absolute deal breaker for me at this stage and same thing with Thomas Harley this this team is desperate for defense and they have Harley in the organization what does it look like without him but at the same time like like I said if, if you could get a good contract if you had you know if you could get a good contract if you could find a way to offload the assets that you needed to make that good contract work and if Sankoven as the centerpiece was the price of doing business you'd at least have my attention with that said i think that the the number of mistakes that Vancouver would have to make to get into that situation i i i cannot fathom things breaking in a way that would would allow that to happen but that that's kind of where i am A message from the attorneys at Greening Law PC, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. If you have been hurt in a car accident, experienced malpractice from a physician, hospital, or were injured on the premises of a business, then call the lawyers at Greening Law. They have represented clients from car accidents to birth injuries to sexual assault cases involving clergy or hospitals. The staff at Greening Law, better known as the Green Team, fights your legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about our fierce Dallas stars. The Green Team is your fierce legal competitor against insurance companies. So what are you waiting for? Consultations are free. Free. They only get paid if you get compensated. So give them a call at 972-934-8900. Again, that number is 972-934-8900. Call now. Principal office is located in Dallas, Texas.
2: You know, Mark did bring up an interesting piece though. Riley Damiani, a couple, I think it was last weekend, last Saturday, um, the guys on Sportsnet reported that um, Damiani is a guy that they could see potentially needing a change of scenery type trade for he's not scoring at the pace he has been over the last few seasons he's got well he's got six goals through 32 games he had 13 and 55 last year He's been he's
1: in the doghouse lately so i mean th- this is a piece that you know he has he he was rookie of the year he 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 certainly has some skills. There, there are some questions, maybe about how much of his his rookie of the year season was was tied to Adam Mascherin and, and and that duo. But he certainly is a good name, and he has he has potential. But he's kind of worked his way down down the depth chart in Texas, and a change of scenery might do him real good. It's it's telling
0: that Dallas in, in their you know they they sort of have this internal search for secondary and tertiary scoring options going on, and and Damiani hasn't had a sniff.
2: Well, Thank you. I mean. Every guy that they've called up has been like a defensive specialist or, you know, bottom six kind of guy. And I'm sitting there going, but, but why? Like, why not try something fun against like the Arizona Coyotes? Not to disparage them, but like, oh, no, disparage
0: them. It's fine.
2: A game that you're supposed to win, maybe, maybe you go out and try something different. Maybe you find instant chemistry, lightning in a bottle. Well, I mean, they did
1: bring up Blue Mel to start, and I think that was that was probably the the most skilled call up that they've had. But yeah, you're right. Is a other, okay, otherwise wow, they did one. Yeah, otherwise it's been guys who who just are solid and solid solid bottom six. Um,
0: wow. Well, and Jacob and, Peterson is just on Mars
1: apparently. I mean, Peterson's been fine. I mean, I mean, the thing the thing about Texas is that they have. Twelve forwards who are just all contributing. You know, at this point, I would say the guy to the next guy gets called up is is probably Student Each, because he's on a heater and, and and we know what he can do at the NHL level, and I think he's improved on that.
2: Except that he would have to pass through waivers to get back yeah. down to Texas, so that's the problem. I, yeah, I don't but, see that one happening yeah. personally because you don't want to lose him. And yeah. I and you know so, and the other thing I, I think mean I. Texas, I
0: I agree with you. this isn't me arguing with you Taylor this is me arguing with the universe it's just crazy that you can't call him up because you don't want to use, lose him so you you can't use him because you don't want to lose him so you don't have him. you know what I mean it's it's one of those like then what is then what is the point
2: what are we well th- you didn't let me finish my thought so well,
0: my <laughs> welcome to stargazing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> stop talking over the women in the room no i'm just kidding I talk um, over
0: everybody i resent i
2: know this. <laughs> um no what i was gonna say is you know the fact that texas is doing so well um this season uh sitting atop the central division last time i checked you know neil graham going to his first AHL all-star game as a coach you know and like mark said bunch of guys contributing they're kind of getting buy-in they're having success with the system yada yada there is something to be said about having a guy like soon on your team and going on a deep culver cup run. Like do not disparage the fact that these guys get very valuable experience doing that. And so, yeah, it kind of sucks. Would you like to see him up here and see if he sparks with somebody? Sure. But at the same time, if you don't think he's ready to be in the NHL full time, you let him stew down there, and you let him get all of that experience and all of that playoff, all those playoff games, and then you bring him into camp, and then you see what he can do. I don't We're think there's anything about, wrong with that.
0: I mean, are we still talking about Student Each?
2: Yes, because he's Sorry
0: Is my 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 only concern there is like? Oh there, my is, god,
2: there, he's so old. But
0: in sports, in sports terms, he is definitely not young, and I say that as somebody that is horrified at his own age
1: So yeah but i mean olafson's actually what 26 so it's uh, I mean, there yeah they're, there's yeah. some there's some weird ages down with that group uh group in texas agreed so, you know but it,
2: 24 it, it, isn't like oh my gosh write him off as a prospect age
0: but it's yeah. it, it is it is an age where it is it is unlikely that there is an additional level that he will find playing in the ahl it okay, well,
2: happen. if we're gonna have that
0: conversation, then why are we not talking about Denis D- Gurianov then? I mean, because uh, listen, I've I've been a good booster of uh, Gurianov as anybody else, and even I will say that that right now he's getting opportunities based on the lack of alternatives more than on any legitimate expectation that there's a switch that's gonna get
1: flipped. I mean, all good and fine, but if you throw that on the table, then all of a sudden uh, Gurianov at what two point nine million. Uh, is gonna clear waivers. And so at that point, bring up your next best guy who's gonna contribute and and can contribute on a third line. And and there are several of them.
2: Except that really handcuffs you from a cap perspective because it's not like you're burying his entire cap down in the the AHL. And that will limit your ability to call guys up even further. So the minute that one guy has a little bit of soreness or something becomes a huge problem. Yeah. So in that regard, Gryanov does fill a role because he can go in and he can play minutes. And while the coaching staff may not trust him completely, they know how to shelter him or put him with guys that they know can like cover for him. And they've learned to live with his particular brand of mistakes.
0: And he's sort of like a lottery ticket, unlike a guy without a track record. What if you get the, you know, the bubble playoff runner? What if you get the, I think it was what the eight, the, the 18 goal season, like they're they're with, with, with Dennis Gurionov, there is, you know, the what the the uh the Arizona game from last week, right? Like there is you mentioned lightning in a bottle earlier, Taylor. With Dennis Gurionov, there is a track record of, of painful, frustrating, you know, career-limiting inconsistency. And and nobody will with a brain in there will argue against that. But you also have the chance there, you know, I still remember there's there is still the water bottle orbiting space that hasn't landed yet right there you still have at least you know this this is a player that can win an individual game if he happens to be on a heater that night yeah and when you're and when you're a team without many other options or without rather without when you're a team without the flexibility to access other options that there is a there is a perp, there is an appeal there
2: and thus we come full circle to Bohorvat. that does not make sense <laughs>
0: he only Bo makes Hart. sense if they can get him signed to an extremely team friendly deal in a trade that, that jettisons cost ineffective assets that Dallas already has. He makes, you know, I'll say this He makes sense if he's willing to sign a dumb contract and it's a bad trade. And if you can get, if you can get a bad trade and a bad contract then I'm, I'm pro Bo Horvat, even if it costs Stankoven.
2: Wait, you just said bad contract.
1: Yeah. Bad, That's bad, 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 bad for the player. Yeah. Oh, I
2: was like, what? No,
1: that's not we what have, they need at all. If you can, if you can convince both
0: Bo, Bo Horvat and Vancouver to settle for less than they could get elsewhere, then you have my
1: attention. Well, we have Jim Nil. Jim Neal has Jim a mustache Nail. and and Jim Neal Jim twirls that mustache periodically so. and sometimes it works out. So if anyone's going to do it, he will. But yeah. I, I I'm kind of with Taylor. It's like Vancouver and Dallas don't talk. No, that's the other piece of right. So, I guess, I guess to amend my statement, I'm
0: willing to part with Stankoven if you can get a team that hates the Dallas Stars to make a terrible trade and then convince the player to take from his perspective a bad contract. And if you can do that, I'm, I'm, I'm in. Let's do, let's roll.
2: I think, I think what, I think what you're forgetting though is that, uh, Stankoven is is uh, captaining the Kamloops team and they're probably going to win the Memorial Cup and guess who is a part owner of Kamloops? Tom oh, Gallardi.
0: Okay, plus, fine. If you can get Tank Tom Gillardi so to nowhere. do something, <laughs> if you get Tom Gallardi to let Jim Nill do something he won't like with a team that he hates and convince that team to do something stupid, the team being Vancouver, and then convince the player Bo Horvat to also do something stupid, Okay, I, then I'm in.
1: So and, and, what, st- we're st- and we're we're still like going to
0: and we're still going to regret products? it because Stinkoven is a stud. That's right. He is but he is of, of the pipeline and of the of the guys with pedigree that you would need to be, and, and I'm, I'm just, to get rid of the joke, just to extend this into a general conversation about a high, if, if Dallas is going after any high-end asset, if you're looking at the the quality of player that they would have to get rid of to be in that conversation, right? The Johnstons and the Harleys and the Stankovans, If if we're talking about the guy that you would need to bring in that quality of player, then Stankoven is the first name on my list to get rid of. Again, a 27-year-old, 30-goal scorer is the kind of the starting point for where I would get. So I'm not, I'm not trading him for depth. Is what I'm saying. You got to, you got to pay to play, right? So if if you're going, if you're in the, if you're in the the big hitters end of the the trading pool, then Stankoven is probably the guy. Unless, you know, maybe somebody's more interested in Maverick Bork's two hundred foot game. But but he's he's probably the guy you dangle because from the standpoint of Dallas Star's elite prospects, he is the one that they could most likely cope with not having.
1: Yeah. But that that contract's gonna be nine plus million per year. It's gonna be eight years long, seven years long. Yep. And 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 you're you're just if you make that deal, you're marrying that player until he's until he's in his mid 30s, and crossing your fingers that that he can live up to it. Yeah, I don't want that smoke.
0: So let's let's pivot, and you know we we teased at the start. We've got the you know the All Star break is coming up, and. Wanted to get your thoughts. Of course, obviously, Jason Robertson is the big marquee uh, representative of the Dallas Stars. And the first question I want to ask is take take out all of the, the nonsense rules and, you know, the stuff about who, who has to go, right? Team representation, all of that. Just based on, on performance, in your opinion, we'll start with you, Taylor. Uh, who on the Stars do you feel like is is having an all-star quality season?
2: Jake Eidinger. I mean, if you you didn't have Connor Hellebuck and UC Soros in this division, I mean, Jake Odinger is definitely in the conversation. And uh, honestly, I think Soros only got in because Nashville needed somebody. I was going to say, it's it's
0: not only UC Soros, but it's Soros playing (laughs) on a team that doesn't have anybody else that really stands
2: out. Right. (laughs) So, uh, and that way, Odinger gets boned. At the same time, I mean, personally... I see future all star games, you know, for him, so yeah. I'm not overly concerned about it. But yeah, Audinger for me.
1: How about you, Mark? Well, is it isn't there like a golfing competition as part of the all-star game? And 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 either way, I'm taking Pavelski because he's he's the story. Yeah. From a narrative standpoint, I think yeah. he's he's
0: the guy, the 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 KG veteran, the 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 old man holding his line together. And I also think his contributions, while you know, without the injury, I would have put hints before before he missed time. I would have put hints in that conversation. really, the the whole first line should have just gone. Except crap, they play three on three in the All Star game. Should maybe Dallas just stay?
1: Home? <laughs> well, you know, here here's my other thought. I, I've come back to this. I think three on three, we just start Robertson, Pavelski, and hints, and be done with it. Yeah. Who needs the defender? You you bring in Haskin in after we score, after we
2: you score, you mean you mean for the handshake line? <laughs> no, exactly. he, said, he said
1: what he said.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm all in on three forwards. Just let of play until the. Yeah, I mean,
2: so, so wait, doesn't San Jose get the All Star game next year? Like, are they saving Pavelski with the you know old man no cup potentially? Hopefully, that storyline is done next year, but. Maybe they're saving him to bring him back to San Jose. For some reason I thought it was San Jose. I
0: mean, I think you could see say I think it's it's more likely that just Jason Robertson is having you can't not send him, regardless of like he was yeah, he was leading the NHL in goals at one at one point. He was you know, he has kind of thrust himself into the mvp level conversation and as as appealing as the storyline is around joe pavelski and as great as ottinger has played this season and both of those things are two thumbs up for me i just you can't it can't not be and that's, that's kind of why i started with who else would you send right but once you get into the tougher question which is okay if you can only send one dallas star it's it's really hard for me to argue against jason robertson being the pig because you even have the Jamie Ben, the Renaissance, right? Like there's all sorts of stuff going on with this team right now. Okay. But that
2: wasn't the question. The question you asked me was who is having an all-star. That's true.
0: I did. And that's, that's the question you're answering. <laughs> I think, I think Pavelski is a very good answer to that question. I think Ottinger as well. Um, like I was saying before, before the injury, I would have put hints in that. Here's one. Do you think that, that Miro Haskinen is having an all-star quality
1: season? Yes. Yep. Yeah, numbers-wise, I, I mean, he, he's brought the offense just like you asked him to, and, and the defense hasn't really suffered. I, I It's hard to get in on defense, though.
0: Yep. And it's hard to get in in a, a Kale McCarr world yeah. when the offense is, is that flashy.
2: I just also think that Haskin' is like two-way game is not as appreciated at an all-star game. You need guys with flash, which is actually why I'm really pissed off at this whole format, because I want all of the fun guys. I don't necessarily need the best guys. I want to see some personality out there. Like I want Zegers coming out and scoring something we've never seen before in our lives. I want Cold Caulfield being a short king, you know, although he got injured. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Go. Like, <laughs> but like, I, I, I think that the all-star game as a tool, a marketing tool of your, of your sport yep. should be fun. And I don't think that this requirement of every team needs representation is, is providing that, first of all. Not that there aren't good players on bad teams, but I really I, don't think that we need a Vancouver Connect this year. Have you seen that organization?
0: I mean, both make bad. <laughs>
2: but, like, but like I'm saying, like I want to see all the young guys, the up-and-comers, the guys that don't end up on all of the posters. like. Do we need to see Austin Matthews in an All-Star game? Probably not. We see him enough. A... Give me the William Nylander and give me yeah, bring, the... in,
1: bring in, Bernier's.
2: Yeah, Berniers.
1: Berniers, thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I knew I said that. Wrong. I mean, yeah. they could bring in Bernier, but he. Yeah, <laughs> but he's,
2: I would I think
1: <laughs> I, I, I was doing a jersey preview. I think he's. A, I think he's on IR. Yeah, and make can play anyways. It's fine.
2: But like, I want to see the Hughes brothers and I don't, you know, like put the guys that they don't spend time marketing out there and let them have so much fun. Like, I want to see that next generation out there bonding and helping to grow the game by just being fun.
0: Well, I've, I've always, my, my, my dream format has always been put a cash prize and let the players come up with their own teams. Have let, let groups of let groups of four, right. Goalie and three scary, you know, let groups get themselves together. Hey, maybe the Hughes family wants to, you know, maybe the, the Hughes family and the Kachucks want to get together and, and enter the tournament. I think they should do it that way. Ooh, Forget that this fun? whole by conference, by team thing. And just have have guys pair up.
2: Okay, new idea. Whatever team is at the top of each conference, right? at Whatever the cutoff point for All-Stars is. Then what you do is you take the captain of both of those teams and they get to draft their own team. Only them. They're the only ones that get to say
1: schoolyard pick i love it but of course the nhl will never do any of that because it's a
0: terrible thought backwards it's a league that doesn't want to market itself aggressively
2: but also they're too too
0: worried they stopped doing a draft because they were too worried somebody had to be last
2: no they were too worried about their players getting hammered on tv i mean
0: (laughs) the feature not back to let's be real (laughs) i'm
2: just saying like I think that there's so much that they could do with it. And at the and at the end of the day, I feel pretty good in saying this, having been around the locker room enough. Like, I don't think that NHL players care as much as the fans or the league do. But, like, maybe you could provide some incentives for, like, young guys to want to go and not take that time to, you know, hit up the Bahamas or Cancun or whatever. But... I do think that the guys really enjoy that break, um, Ooh, and, especially the older guys.
1: And, well, and the nice thing is that an all-star appearance is a schedule A bonus. So let's let's pay those young guys. Yeah, I agree. Yeah.
0: And also, it's one of those classic situations where, like, from an entertainment perspective, I mean, I would argue still that the, the three-on-three format is better than the traditional, you know, the the all-star game I grew up with in like the late '90s and early '00s. So it's probably but it's not like this is a treasured long cherished tradition that everybody just loves and fawns over and why mess with success like this is a thing that that could really stand to be revitalized anyway so i agree with you taylor they, they should get i mean i i'm not going to watch it because i don't care about football but i at least you know the nfl going like flag football plus skills competition why not right the thing you were doing doesn't matter anyway try something new hey three, make three it
2: like a, no i was just I, gonna say make it like a competition where like if you win the skills competition, you get a point. And yeah, the game, like, counts, but get the teams to be super into – because, like, they do, they name the All-Star winners just based on the game itself, and I'm sitting there going, well, then why have all the skills competition? Make that competitive an actual competition. You get to win points for your division – and team with most points at the end of the weekend wins. Then- uh, you,
0: you lost me. I am I am a hardcore, unrepentant. The All Star game should never count for anything other than the amusements of the All Star game. MLB <laughs> proved how ridiculous that <laughs> well, was. Well, that's true. When yeah. when Michael Young and the last place Texas Rangers determined World Series home field advantage. I think it was two years in a row. You, that's the. the I'm out. I, don't, I actually it, it like should be that. On an I think island, it's funny. It, it should be fun and it should be wacky and it should be zany and it should not count.
2: Oh here, I here, liked here's what they here. did in Vegas. They started to get a little bit of bit more of that when they went to Las Vegas. Yeah. So more of that and less of the traditional you know well, we're doing this because we've always done it this way.
1: Let the players get hammered. Here's here's Exactly. My
2: thought.
1: Here here's my thought. You go three on three, but no player can stand the ice more than 30 seconds.
2: I wanna see hockey players playing flip cup <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, i like
1: it <laughs> i mean they just yeah just let them
0: grow out
2: i am ready for the all-star break <laughs> y'all i'm so tired
0: <laughs> well we got we have one game to go they they finish up tomorrow with their their festivities and do, do you think just maybe they will get out of reg- will, will they have to play bonus hockey or is this is, are, are they gonna at least finish up with the devils in
1: regulation what's our prediction go ahead martin I think they beat the Devils just because the Devils have been on this road heater and that needs to end. Um, so yeah, let's, let's, let's end it now. Be done with it. I'm going to sit back and watch the uh, two young all-stars, Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes, Jack Hughes, exactly. Jason Robertson. And I'm not going to watch anybody else. If, if, if those guys are on the ice, I'm just going to y'all go to the kitchen and make a sandwich. Fair enough. Then I'm, g- I'm going to
0: end the podcast with one perplexing question. See if you guys can get it. And you probably will because why else would I be asking? But who has a better record in the last 10 games? The Dallas Stars or the Chicago Blackhawks?
2: This feels like a trap. Dallas, right?
0: Dallas is 5-2-3.
1: Chicago is 6 Oh,
2: Chicago like 6-4-0. Oh, yep. that's right.
1: Oh, but but bonus question: How many pucks or sticks to the face of, has Jason Dickinson taken? Ugh, all of them probably. <laughs> he has a face. He
2: does have a face? Yeah.
0: Yes, he does. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure. Um, we will we will we'll keep an eye on the Devils tomorrow. Hopefully, Dallas gets you know that not a slump because they're they're getting into overtime points count. Who cares? But it, it would be nice to end this little stretch of the season with with a successful send off and then comes the all-star break and then comes the frantic stretch uh, down the end of the season thank you both uh, mark and taylor for your time kt thanks for stitching this all together don't forget to like don't forget to download don't forget to reach out on all of the socials if there's anything you need or, or want to ask we're, we're always looking for questions and feedback and fun otherwise enjoy your stars hockey This podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal.